0: for ourselves and for anybody who's experiencing that anxiety around us is simply to listen. Um, it's not to inject ourselves. It's not to say, uh, at least, you know, at least it's not this bad or at least you haven't like take at least out of your vocabulary for right now, throw it in the trash, throw it in the trash at least is not a helpful response to anything
1: hey everybody it's chris gerard i'm the founder of rome and welcome to the Rome from home podcast co-hosted by my friend corey richards we're going to be talking to some of the greatest minds in adventure about how they are adjusting adapting and making the most of this unprecedented time around the covid 19 crisis we're going to be getting into the good and the bad and the ugly around social distancing and how we're all experiencing this time so tune in each week to see who we're going to bring on and we'll go from there Welcome to the Rome from Home podcast featuring our friend, Mr. Corey Richards, who is also our co host on most days. Um, <laughs> I'm the founder of Rome, Chris Gerard is my name. Uh, but today, he is also our guest as we uh, had a slot open up suddenly, the last minute. And we decided this would be a good opportunity to introduce Corey to those of you who might not know him, which most of you probably do. But in any case, to dive in as we do every week with our guests on how Corey is dealing with isolation and the era of social distancing, COVID-19, something we're all going through together and the goal of this podcast and what we're trying to do at Rome, what Corey's helping us with is creating more social connection, even as we're physical, have physical distance. So with that, um, Mr. Corey Richards, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm as well as can be, actually. I feel
0: honestly, you know, like I'm a freelancer. I've been doing this for so long that this doesn't feel that different to me. The big differences are, um, you know, I can't go to the gym. Uh, I'm not eating out as much, which is good for me and bad for the economy. Um, I'm, so, you know, I think One of the more surprising things for some people who might know me or, and definitely uh, people that I've had in my life for a long time is a lot of people think that I'm an extrovert and I'm a a through and through introvert. Um, And so this isn't that upsetting to me, but what's, I think what is upsetting is the sort of the toll that I see it taking on people around me. Um, the toll that I see the media taking on people. So, I mean, the short answer to your question is I personally am doing fine. I'm doing well. Uh, I try to stay active, stay occupied, read a lot, exercise a lot, um, meditate a lot, uh, eat healthy food, all the things that we know are, are sort of part and parcel with happiness and, um, and staying healthy in, in any time period. Um, but I'm definitely starting to feel some of the stress from external uh, sources compounding on people close to me. So it's an interesting, it's a really interesting time. Um, you know, uh, Melissa, my partner, we were chatting today, and she, you know, she started, she she started crying uh, about this phone conversation that she had had with another friend of ours. Uh, around sort of where this was all going and so the unraveling of society and the pandemic fever and and i I had to you know it 's important that when our friends and family have those moments because they're all going we are all going to have those moments of sort of like
1: oh you, you mean you haven 't had any yet. <laughs>
0: I mean, I have them daily. I'm used to just living in a constant unfolding anxiety attack. But um, we can get into that later. Uh, but people, you know, we are going to have moments of profound anxiety. Most of us will experience that. And I think it's really important to listen when those, are, when those moments are happening to the people around us. Remember that um, your best advice in a moment of panic is best kept to yourself. Um, just listen and let people vent. Uh, but I also think it's important to take into consideration what we know, and what we don't know, and not to be too influenced by news because we know that news, um, works primarily on drama. Uh, it, that's, that's, so the, the, the news that's going to percolate to the top of your feeds are going to be about death tolls, lack of hospital beds, uh, infighting within the government. And the truth is, um, A lot of this is still unknown and we're trying to figure it out and so as soon as we start to panic both individually and culturally we lose the ability to be logical and thoughtful and rational about what's actually happening and what's interesting is that we have very little control the only control that we have right now is what we choose to do how we choose to partake and participate in social or physical distancing um and that's it.
1: That's all we can do. That's all we can control right now. And so, so letting the panic. Sort of like uh, the way it always is on some level. Like, this is a time out for all of us where the things that are generally considered to be good behavior uh, meditation, mindfulness, exercise, eating well, being compassionate, being empathetic all of these good behaviors are now amplified in isolation where the, you really see it. Now you really feel it as far as bad behavior. So not having habits, feasting on media, feasting on sweets, drinking too much, all of these things, um, that are always there. It's it's no difference. Um, now, as I was thinking about this today, you know, now is a time where <laughs> if you are disciplined, um, it's helpful. And if you're ha- are prone to lapses in discipline, <laughs> <laughs> uh, myself included, then, you know, it, it, you quickly find everything is right now, it's like hours or days. You know, I, I saw a meme that was like, um, the last, like all the decades of my life, mm-hmm. the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands, the 2010s. Yeah. Like, like March. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> uh, so true. It feels like March is, is definitely, uh, you know, time is, is doing some weird things, but, um, so one thing that I picked up on that you were saying there that I think would be helpful to dive into a little bit is, um, you know, sort of on that, that idea of how we're all reacting. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of reaction. Um, on a macro level, there's reaction on a health level, like on a macro level, governments, nation states are reacting or underreacting, uh, your, your local government's reacting, your state's reacting, your family's reacting, your spouse, your partner, your children, your friends. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that in terms of what, how you've navigated that in terms of your own reactions and in, in noticing those, that's what I hear you saying. You know, you're noticing the reactions of those people who are closest to you um, and how you're navigating that um, in this time. What I've
0: noticed most in myself and others is um, a slow, it's like water boiling, right? And, and there's indications anytime you watch a, they say a watch pot never boils, but honestly, a watch pot always boils, just keep watching. Um, and we, you know, when we're boiling water, we look for these indications that it's getting hotter. First, there's some steam, then we start to look at the, you know, for the fish eyes on the bottom of the pan, and then we start to see the little, just that little ripple happening. And then, and then it comes to a full rolling boil. And right now I'm seeing um, probably the fish eyes and a little bit of you know, surface disturbance. And how that manifests in the people around me is uh, a heightened sort of attention to the media, um, a lot of regurgitation of f- facts or information, um, recycled conversations that tend towards the panic-driven, uh, not necessarily the fact-driven, but the panic-driven. Um, and, and, so, and, and I'm seeing that, I'm sensing that from, from friends and family alike because, because we, the truth is we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and, and that, that lack of knowing that inability to have a date where this is going to be over is deeply unsettling for people. Uh, that's why you see, you know, our government sort of throwing out this, okay, on Easter, everything's going to be okay. Which I understand the psychology behind that because people really want, it's like, okay, I I can make it till Easter. Um, and, but it's not an honest assessment of, of, of what's going to happen. We don't know that Easter is going to be safe. Probably not if we look at the facts surrounding the world and uh, surrounding us throughout the world. Um, I'm not a virologist. I am, and, and I don't, I'm not a doctor. What I do know is that we have less information right now than we need in order to make these big blanket statements. And because there's that lack of information, there's a void that's created in that lack of information. Most people, in a lot of ways, uh, when maybe they started peaked in panic, then they went calm. Now, now you've got a stronger sense of, well, I don't, you know, it's, it's unsettling and, and we're all sitting in place and we're all wondering. And because of that, our behaviors are starting to reflect that, that twinge of anxiety.
1: Yeah, there's there's an aspect of, of, you know, control in that too. I read something that was talking about how people on on the one side, they're overreacting, Mm -hmm. right? Like buying a pickup truck full of toilet paper is overreacting. Then you have people who are underreacting, you know, going to a, you know, beach party is underreacting. Yeah, and then you have people who are sort of in the middle, Goldilocks. But in both cases of overacting and underacting, there's actually a, a mechanism of of defiance and control of the situation. Um, and so that that's what I'm driving at, and see you know what your experiences on a human level with people around you, as far as the reactions and and really you know for for the audience um, on how to, how to mitigate that and, and with, with the people that, how to, how can we help, right? Because we're, all, like you said, y- your partner's crying. I've had moments, everyone has had moments at this stage alone or with others, you know, how can we help one another um, in your experience when, you know, you, you're seeing basically an overreaction or an underreaction? I'm,
0: I'm has, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist, but uh, so let me, let me, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist, period. (laughs) Uh, What I've learned and what I am still practicing and, and fail at constantly is, is, uh, and it, you know, we all want some sort of silver bullet answer And when when the silver bullet answer is the easiest thing in the world, we don't actually want to believe that that's true. But the single greatest act that we can perform uh, for ourselves and for anybody who's experiencing that anxiety around us is simply to listen. Um, It's not to inject ourselves. It's not to say, uh, at least, you know, at least it's not this bad, or at least you haven't, like, take at least. Out of your vocabulary for right now. Throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. At least is not a helpful response to anything. And I know that people want to. Like
1: you've learned this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, people want to. They, it, it comes from place in general. Of I want to make this better for you. Perspective on some level, like yeah. Right. Like I want. I want to give you perspective. At least you're not uh, starving. At least
1: refugee. Right. Right.
0: Yes, and those things are true. And, and, and that perspective can come at a different time. But the time for perspective is not when somebody is in a rut of anxiety or panic. At least, and perspective in that moment are not helpful. And in fact, they end up alienating you from the person. Because what mm-hmm. you're essentially saying to them in that moment is, I don't have the emotional capacity to go to that place with you right now. So I'm going to try to make this better by telling you it's not as bad as something else.
1: I love it. That's that. I think that's a great, like you said, you're not a psychologist. I'm not a psychologist. Our mission here isn't to be psychologists, but I think what we're trying to do is see what your experience is right now. And that's, I think that's super helpful, Um, you know, as we're surrounded by people who are reacting to, you know, I guess that's on some level trying to be compassionate and listen and, and not solve something that's not solvable by any
0: one of us. It's funny. There's a, there's a great sort of, it's a Buddhist adage that is, um, it essentially says, if there's a problem and you can solve it then there's no point in worrying and if there's a problem and you can't solve it then what's the point in worrying and it's and it's funny because it, it really throws into sharp relief the fact that we spend a lot of our lives expending energy on things that again we have no control over my friend francesca uh she's a wonderful young italian woman and she she said um you know if there's no solution, then there's no problem. And I like that, you know, but, but, but keeping that in mind, we go back to what we just said, that doesn't negate people's, people's emotive experience or emotional experience around what's happening. Mm-hmm. We can know that logically, we can know that rationally, but that doesn't necessarily mean that in the moment that's helpful. That's sort of a broad scope view. That's the 40,000 foot view. But when somebody comes to you and it's like, I'm fucking going crazy, or I'm really scared, or um, what does this all mean? Or I lost all my money, that, that, the, the, the time is not say, well, can you solve the problem? You know, that time is to simply be silent and listen to them and say, you know, that, that's, I'm so grateful that you would share this with me and I want to be here for you in any way I can. That's empathy. That's allowing yourself to go to a shitty place with them and, and be part of that experience, um, shifting the narrative around it and saying, well, at least it's not this bad or you can't solve it. So what the fuck are you worrying about actually is not helpful.
1: Right. Right. No, I think that's, that's, that <laughs> is helpful. What you said, um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit, uh, out of, out of the psychology of things, um, and ask you how you are staying healthy right now you know, uh, from a, you're an athlete, you're a, you're a creative person. Um, you know, we're all isolated and actually, you know, the things you're doing, whether it's working out or eating a certain way, like, I think that's, that, that'd be really interesting to hear as an athlete who in part makes their living by making sure that you stay strong and, and, uh, pliable and mobile. Um, what are you doing as you're, you know, confined to your, your space there?
0: Well, it's uh, so a a lot of things. Um, One of our conversations on the podcast was with Stephen Kotler, who is sort of a specialist in peak performance, human performance and flow. And um, we haven't done our long form podcast with Steven yet. And there's all sorts of stuff I want to dive into and dissect and sort of pick apart with him. But, but he brought up some good points. Um, and there are things that I try to do anyway. Uh, but the, the, what my day looks like right now is I wake up and this is, this is outside of lockdown. This is outside of, uh, you know, isolation living. I wake up and I have a meditation app what on my phone. You- what was that?
1: What time do you get up?
0: I get up at like anywhere from six to seven, seven ish right now, because why not? Um, you know, if it's if the gym's open, I try to get up earlier because I go to the early class. Um, but right now, I wake up around six or seven, and I grab my phone. I make sure that the the screen is on its lowest setting. I don't go into any apps aside from the meditation app. I turn on the meditation app, and I meditate for 20 minutes. I don't even get out of bed, but I make sure that I'm awake and not gonna just go back to sleep, right? This is when my body has been like, okay, I'm up. And uh, I prop my head up a little bit so I'm not fully laying down, and I and I meditate for 20 minutes. Um, meditation doesn't have to be hard. It's not a big mystery, but we can go into that a little later. Uh, and then I get up, and uh, I'll either have a cup of tea and eat breakfast, which is, I, I am not a vegan, um, some people probably are i my breakfast is is uh dark berries um greek yogurt and paleo granola
1: you might occasionally Um, as chronicled in the line murder (laughs) a banana yeah i could murder a banana
0: right now um and then I'll try to do, this is as per Kotler's recommendation, 90 minutes of uninterrupted concentration. So that can be writing, that can be reading. Um, it is not answering emails. It is not texting. It is not reading the news. Uh, it's something where you are single-mindedly focused on one thing. And we all say, I don't have time for that. Bullshit. We all have time for it right now.
1: Um, you writing know, or reading. So, I mean, specifically like you're doing work that you're not reactive to, you don't need an internet signal.
0: You don't need an internet signal to, to write or read. Um, you know, you can just, I've been writing about sort of my upbringing. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily the beginning of a book, but it feels similar to that. Um, and when, on, on the days that I, that's not working and not coming out, I'll write in my journal. And if that's not working, then I'm reading. Um, and that is just a way to set your brain in motion for the day where it, what I've noticed by doing that is that I am not as prone to just go onto Instagram, go onto the news feed. Like it sets your brain up in a way where you're not constantly distracted.
1: What did Kotler say, Stephen? He said uh, you're playing emotional Russian roulette. Right. You do that. Yeah. Which is totally appropriate. Totally it, appropriate. Because it could be good. You could be like, oh, that was great. I saw my cousin did something so nice, or you could get the latest stats on what we're all going through. Right. You know, it's roulette. And so then
0: then I'll and then usually, um, you know, there's some after that time is up, there's some maintenance work, whether it's emails or uh, chatting about the podcast or whatever has to happen. And then I'll find a time to work out. And usually my right now, my workouts last for anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half and I do them right here. I do them five feet from me. I open the doors. I let the air in. I lay down the yoga mat, and um, I've been working. uh, In the past, I've worked with uh, uphill athlete for training for big expeditions like Everest. Right now, I'm working with a coach from Sunita's CrossFit um, here in Boulder named Dwight Upshaw, and they actually have on their site, they have workouts posted every day that you can do. And most of them are body weight. Or at most, they've got you know, backpacks filled with books that you're throwing over your shoulders. Um, and honestly, I've never felt stronger than I do right now. And that's just doing mostly body weight work in, in the house.
1: Um, nice work, man. That makes one of us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, and then this is my other funny thing that I've been doing. Um, I've timed out when I get sun on my porch. And I live on the tops floor, and I have a, like a like this open window, but but like sort of at sort of mid level height. And as soon as the sun comes in, I take my bench out and I just go naked sunbathing
1: on the porch. Uh, what do they call that? Uh,
0: a European.
1: Like- they call it European. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like uh, perineum. Oh, perennial. Perine- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. It's, it's like a whole thing. You can look it up on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it. I can't, what's the proper, uh, anatomical term for the uh, taint? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's the perennial. It's like it perennium sunning or something. Taint sunbathing? That's sunbathing. Yeah. Or perineum, however they say ah, it. Yeah. That's a, that's a word I'm looking for. Um, um yeah. well that's good. I mean, we should put that in the show notes that, uh, it's, It's basically a six to seven a.m. rise with uh, 20 minutes of meditation, followed by 90 minutes of concentration, do a little work, get in a workout, one to one and a half hours, followed by taint sunbathing. (laughs) If you do that, you will make it through this. You'll make it through this. You'll make it through this. And you too could maybe be a a Nat photographer, Uh, like our uh, our guest and co-host,
0: Corey Richards. That's the, yeah, that's the secret right there. That last little bit. That's what, that's the secret to success. Yeah. Um, no, it's actually awesome though, because I, you know, it's awesome because I, I get the sun uh, and, and when it feels appropriate and I'm doing this sparingly because I think right now we need to be very, very, uh, calculated with how we get outside. Um, I'll go for a hike. You know, it's, it's definitely important to get out move. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's much of a debate anymore in the outdoor community, whether or not it's cool to go climbing, but if you still are debating that, let me just tell you, it's not fucking cool. Don't do so let's it. Let's
1: talk about that for a second. Cause I think that for a lot of the, uh, the, your audience and, and the, yep. audience, um, you know, this has been um, a conversation for the last couple weeks, uh, more so, the last week, more so, the last couple of days, even mm-hmm. um, as we've seen you know continued shutdown, um, you know Rome uh, went to work from home two weeks ago yesterday, um, myself and my family have been in isolation for about two weeks. I know you've been about ten days or so, he said, yeah, um, so we've all been living, I think. Most of, my sister lives in Seattle. She's she's going more on like three weeks. Um, you know, people in Seattle have, have sort of the earliest on that. Uh, but we're all, especially in the in those of us who either make our living in the outdoors or have located ourselves in a place like Boulder, Colorado, mostly because of access to the amazing, uh, you know, recreation outdoors. You know, this is a it's a difficult time in terms of that that uh decision making process as far as the greater good and our own mental health um and it would be great to hear what you're a, you sort of expressed it a little bit there but talk about as someone again you're a professional at like you make your living on some level by being in the outdoors
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and being fit to perform in the outdoors as a, this time last year you were training for everest and you're you're you have other objectives in the, in your view right now. So there's, there must be some pressure around that. It sounds like you're doing a good job of figuring out how to work out in your space, but we know a lot of people um, from the Northwest to Jackson, to Mexico, to Southern California, all over the world. Yeah. You know, how are our friends? in the business, the athletes, the photographers dealing with this um, in terms of the you know what's ethical what's what's right what what are we supposed to be doing um, as people who want to get outside every single day um, you know how how are you personally dealing with that and and how do you see others dealing with it?
0: Well, I personally am trying to limit my travel outside um, in general, uh, overall there. I, and I, like I said, it's sparingly, uh, at low traffic times on the trails, I will try to get out and spend a little bit of time moving through space and air. I think that's healthy. Um, we can do it walking around. We can do it hiking. I think the big takeaway right now is to not be engaging in activities that are inherently, uh, risky or have a higher level of consequence. Look, if you go out and you sprain your ankle or you break your ankle running, I, you know, I think that's, yet that's unfortunate. It's less likely than going out, um, driving on back roads, something happens, or going climbing, something happens, uh, going, you know, paragliding, whatever it is, now is not the time to be Uh, indulging in your recreational pursuits, no matter if you're a professional athlete or not. It's just not the time. It's not socially responsible. Um, I don't care if you're professional. Like that's, I think there's a level of, and I see this all the time in Boulder. I see this all the time in my friend, you know, my um, group of friends. There's this arrogance of like, yeah, you shouldn't do that, but I'm different. So it's cool if I do it. And, or I'm going to go to this special place where nobody else is, yeah, right. Because I know this place and I'm going to take advantage
1: of that. And well, I, I can, kinda, you know, do as I say, not as I do, right? I right. have heard uh, in, the, in the professional athlete circle, um, I was talking to a friend of mine who's working on a story, so I won't like blow this out, but, um, you know, on these, on these sort of low consequence, low risk pacts between professional athletes who are meeting up, keeping their distance and, and more or less exercising, not going and doing rad stuff, Mm -hmm. but getting into the outdoors, but they're doing it with no cameras. They're doing it with, you know, they're doing it essentially in secret um, to abide for the times but they're also finding that they really enjoy it low risk no media you know just doing it to be outside yeah
0: and and i think you know use your discretion um i don't want to be people's mom and be like don't do that i will say that if you're like if if it, if it ever at any point you're like yeah but that's probably an indication that you're not doing something right like if you're just having that thought, yeah, but it, like we're, we're different or yeah, but it's not that, that exposed or yeah, but you know, there's nobody ever out there. All of that is justification and rationalizing what you know societally, culturally to not be the right decision. So if you're being honest with yourself in this moment, uh, which I encourage people to do, just don't fucking be a dick. Like you're, you're putting your own well-being above everybody else's by doing that. And you don't know necessarily what you've come in contact with. You don't know who you're going to come in contact with. Even if it's low risk, you don't know how that might have an impact. Something can go wrong. Just, just put it, just pump the brakes for a minute. You know, like take this time to listen to what the world is telling the human family slow down, chill, chill, the, chill the fuck out. Just chill. Just chill. And, and again, like some people would say, well, then don't go for a run. And, and, and that's why I say, use your discretion. Right. It's up to you. Right. But if you're going in your head, yeah, but nobody's really out there. Or, yeah, but this is isolated. And yet, like it's all rationalization. So what you're doing there is you're denying your innate understanding and knowledge of the truth of the situation in favor for what you want to do not what is necessarily probably the best course of action. Use your discretion. Just don't be a dick.
1: Don't be a dick. (laughs) I mean, folks, I don't know Uh, how else to say it. Yeah. I I mean, it's tough. There's also the aspect and a subject that you have been very forthright about in terms of mental health. Like there are folks, you know, some of the conversations I've had that, you know, would say that it is my pursuit, it is my sport that keeps me level, that keeps me in a good state of mind, in a grateful state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um it's my religion to a degree. Um mm-hmm. so there's I, I think you're I agree with your perspective, just personally. Like, like I said, I've been in isolation for 14 days. I, I am not doing as good of a job as you are working out. I am doing a great job of powering through lots of sweets and, uh, and, and a little bit of alcohol, not too much. Yeah. Um, but for some people, getting outside, climbing, mountain biking, skiing is really so woven into their fabric that you know there is a question of are they you know mentally feeling good um so i think you're 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 right it's just that's the that's what i hear on the pushback a little bit is like great no that makes sense but you know if i if i stay indoors for for three four weeks like the mental health aspect and the damage to myself my relationships is there's this intersection, right? Of those two things. Yeah, no.
0: And I, I, again, I, that's where I say, use your discretion, but, but more often than not, what I've found uh, in myself, when I'm using those sort of um, rationales, really what I'm saying is I want to do this. This is just truth. I really want to do this. I don't like being stuck inside. Um, So, I'm going to use this as my excuse to go do that. If, but, but you bring it up a good point. People like, if I can't get outside, Hey, nobody said you can't get outside. That's not what this conversation is about. People said, don't go do the risky activity that you're really ingrained in all the time. Just don't Mm -hmm. do that right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like get outside within safety. Like you can go for a walk. You can go for a run. That's being outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be the thing that you're, you're so used to doing, like take this opportunity to change, take this opportunity to wake up to a whole new option. You know, you don't have to be rad 90% of the time and 10% of the time that you're not, you're sleeping.
1: That's interesting. You know, uh, I was, it was, uh, texting with, uh, our friend, Mike Horn, um, who I, I expect we'll have on the show actually next week or the week after. Um, But he was, he was telling me, I mean, he's always one to say exactly what the truth of the matter is for him um, without any filter. Um, And, you know, he, he was more or less saying, Hey, you know, people say they want freedom from everything. They want to get away. They want freedom from their work, from the expectations and right now, this has given people, in a way, even though it feels like it's locked down so much freedom, it has given, uh, it has given society and people an, an opportunity to, to make changes, like you said. Um, I mean, I think that's a silver lining in something that is really very painful in a lot of ways and, and is going to come at a cost. Um, okay. But not to use that, I guess you said we shouldn't use that, but. No, no, I mean, it's it,
0: like, we don't have to monitor ourselves so heavily. It, it is like, we're not in a situation right now where we're lamenting, fuck, you know, this is happening and this is a tragic situation. That's the time to just shut up and listen and, and be with somebody. Right now is a great time to say, this is an opportunity or can be used as an opportunity to lean into your weaknesses um, to examine the things that you've put off to the side, you know, <clears throat> how many of my friends, how many of your friends are like, yeah, you know, I've really been interested in meditating, but I just, I just don't, you know, yeah. like I just don't. Yeah.
1: No, what that's a great, that's a great transition too, because I, I wanted to, to sort of wrap on this idea of, of mindfulness meditation and also, you know, something people don't talk a lot about uh, in terms of faith, Right that mm-hmm. however you want to coin that that i think that we live in a time um and not for for no reason that there's there's less faith especially in our generation especially in our young younger generation there seems to be less faith in some some of the communities that we run in in any case like people don't really wear their a religion as as much as um certainly in previous generations right mm-hmm. and you know, I wonder where and why that is. Like I said, there's some good reasons in terms of organized religion and the the bad stuff around that that's well known. Um, but in times like these, certainly I think people who have faith don't feel as alone in one way or another, and and feel like they have something to go to. And I think that, the, in the community that we live in, like there's a faith, there's a religion of being outdoors, which we were just talking about. That's what gives people this feeling of community and togetherness and a purpose. So, you know, it's sort of this for you, Corey. This question around you've you've touched on meditation and mindfulness. I think that in a way is what prayer, quote unquote, is a lot in a lot of ways for people of faith. It is a meditation practice. Um, it is a mindful mindfulness practice. So I, th- I think my my question, if there's one in this is, you know, one, how are you approaching, you know, meditation and mindfulness, like you said, and your opinion on that in terms of, like you said, so many people coming to like, you know, maybe this would be a time to do that. And then also on the back end of that, you know, how does that relate to faith? You know, we talked to, to Chris a, a little bit about his faith. Um, and And, you know, I think it's just an interesting conversation right now because people are introspective. Um, they're, they're being forced to be. So yeah, if you could speak to those, those two subjects.
0: Well, so something interesting happened the other day, uh, in Denver when we went on the full, you know, shelter in place aside from essential businesses, dispensaries and liquor stores were not initially on the essential business mandate. Right. So they were going to be closed down and there was chaos like pandemonium at dispensaries and liquor stores. And I get it. Like I'm an alcoholic. I've struggled with excessive drinking. I don't come to this, to this position from feeling better than or righteous in any way. I understand what it means to, 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 to need uh, something in your life to help you, not be with yourself. But what was funny, tragically humorous in that, was the idea of so many people being confronted with being alone with themselves and how fucking horrifying that was to them that they had to rush out and stockpile on chemicals that help them completely disassociate from themselves. Right? That is an indication of a culture that is... I don't, I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be shitty here, but that's a sick culture, right? There's sh- like being with ourselves in silence without a distraction, without our phones, with, that's hard work and none of us really want to do it. Uh, we find ways to distract ourselves at all costs because being in quiet with our own thoughts is, can be a torturous experience. But the fact, the idea, the, the, the fact that we all run in the opposite direction is where all the information is. That's telling us, at least that tells me, that's where I, I need, okay, if I'm running in the opposite direction, that's the time to stop, turn around, and face what I'm running from. Mm. And, and, and so that's where mindfulness and meditation come in. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a glass of wine or you shouldn't, uh, you know, like have some beer, whatever the whatever you want, you shouldn't smoke some weed. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this cultural rush away from ourselves in this time when we have been we've been given an opportunity to be like, Oh, wow, this is really uncomfortable to sit with myself. That's, that's, that's full of information for us. Um, And so so the way I read that and the way I've been trying to engage with that is to understand why just personally, it is so uncomfortable. What is it about being alone with me and my own thoughts that's so, so fucking awful? Uh, And what I've found is that through sitting with myself, through meditation, through things like that, um, that discomfort is, it changes shape. It, it, It doesn't go away. You never are free of thoughts. You're never free of worry or anxiety. That stuff is, that's part of the human experience. You just become more capable of observing it for what it is, versus getting caught up with caught up in it, and then having to numb yourself away from it.
1: See, does that make sense? Like the two different tacks there. Well, it's like it—it makes some sense. Again, I'm I'm not—not coming at it from a point of expertise at all. Just my own experience that yeah, it's really hard. Um, and it goes back to what we were talking about before in terms of this time, this time, not in a lot of ways, like the, everything you just said applies in the, you know, to, to four, five, six weeks ago. Also, it's just that we're being forced to face it right now. Right. We're forced to face so many things, um, at, at this time and, and perhaps, you know, like you said, how did you how did you put it um, in terms of it? You know, um, bringing you know, forcing things to light um, in one way or another. Well, I mean, I guess
0: what I what I am what I am taking from this experience from myself is that um, there are areas in my life that I can be more principled, I can be more virtuous, I can be more disciplined. And there are also areas in my life that I can give myself more room to breathe, more room to relax. And what's funny is that as the world sort of seemingly crumbles around us, at least in our external vision, and we see, oh my God, all of this stuff happening. If we look in our immediate, most of us, now I'm speaking for myself here because there are people that are, you know, in much more dire situations than myself. And I want to be sensitive to that experience. Um, but even people who are losing their jobs, we, we start to really see what matters in life and it's the community around us. And I think this is, it's, it's our daily practices. Um, you know, 90%, 10% of what, of life is what happens to you or happens around you. And 90% is what you do with that. Right. It's only 10%. So In terms of faith, to your question of faith, um, I am not a religious person, but I think people of faith in this moment feel a stronger anchor. They feel a sense of community that many of us without that uh, don't have. We don't have something outside of ourselves that we can turn to uh, and look to and say, you know, all right, I, I, I relinquish control. There's a tremendous liberation in that moment when we give up control. Um, but I loved what Chris said, you know, you've Chris, Chris Burkhardt, you've twice said, you know, this is religion for some people. It's true. And religion for a lot of people is going to church, but he made a very, I thought sort of poetic statement that this is an opportunity to learn that church and religion exist outside of the four walls of the structure that you go to, to pray. And that is true. Of your sport that's true of your community that's true of everything it all exists we just have to find it in ways that we weren't we are we're not used to we're in you know we have to get outside of our old travel trails and roads and ruts and figure out where our community exists in this moment how to be active and healthy and be outside without necessarily doing the same thing and justifying it and putting other people at risk uh, it's an opportunity to to be creative and learn all sorts of new ways
1: of being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Does that sound too? Is that is that just like fucking arrogant and too? No, like-
1: man. I mean, there's this guy, this dude that lived a long time ago. You know, he said uh, the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> um, you know, like JC, uh, JC, JC, Jimmy Chin yeah oh, yeah i i do you know i do think jimmy chin said that actually i do think so <laughs> that's a jimmy chin quote yeah. yeah yeah um yeah uh the Tao of chin yeah um that uh no i mean that's you know an interesting thing and and, and maybe i think that was great to it's a great place to to close um today but you know we're going through something now collectively as a society that in fact is not that new to humanity. Um, it's just as completely new to the modern world. Um, Right. And if you, you think about, um, the middle ages and biblical times and all that, you know, you can understand why there was faith because they were going through these types of things, war, famine, plague, Uh, you know, constantly, I I saw something that, or I read something that was like, this is more like prehistoric, but you had a 30% chance of being murdered by another male, um, you know, like 12,000 years ago. Yeah. 30% chance. Like that, that's like a pretty one in three chance that another dude was going to club you to death, you know? (laughs) Um, So that's not to take away anything from what we're, but this, you understand why these adages, like the JC quote of, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within, um, why those, you know, took such a hold over human history. And I think there's a lot to the ancient wisdom that's out there right now to look at that and spend time looking at it, because as a species, we've, we've been through a lot. We just haven't been through a lot in like the last Fifty years. Well, and it's.
0: I think. I think it's important to remember that we live in a very acute sense, Uh, and our sense of time is very acute. Meaning that we think the world is falling apart. We think that you know we're more divided than ever. We are, um, you know, and we 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 think that because we live uh, in a constant stream of information that reinforces it. But if you look back at the span of human history, um, you look back at, at where we've come from, where we've been uh, and where we are, we tend towards unity and we tend towards betterment. Um, we, we, I'm not saying that the world is better now than it was when we were egalitarian hunter-gatherers. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think better or worse, right or wrong really exists. It is what it is now and it was what it was then but we are more unified as a human family. And we have this profoundly beautiful capacity for coming together to overcome huge hurdles when we are in a time of crisis. And it's, it's odd and sad that it takes crisis for us to unify in that way. Um, But Amidst a crisis, it's a beautiful thing to witness. And amidst a crisis, it's an opportunity to reevaluate what our values are, um, how we can act more appropriately towards ourselves, towards people around us, and towards the world at large, Uh, and, and how we can choose to engage with our own virtue and principles moving forward. And that's not to say that we're perfect, it's not to say that I'm perfect by any means. I'm far from fucking perfect. Um, you look, you look good though, man. Thanks, dude. Thanks. It's all about the fucking, it's the this hair,
1: glow. I mean, for those of you who are listening, you can't see, but if you go onto the website, <laughs> you can see uh, this the video portion of this. And Corey's hair is like, it's on <laughs> point. I mean, you didn't, in your description of your day. I didn't say honestly, do my hair. How much time, because that, you don't just wake up. I I do. This is like shower hair, bro. This is shower hair. <laughs> you're looking good, man. You're you're looking good. And I, you know, I think that's a good place to wrap it. I I really appreciate your time, man. and thanks so much yeah. for doing this with with me and with Rome. And you know, we are we're our effort here. Um, We're certainly not, um, as Corey noted, we're not doctors. We're not psychologists. Um, we are just trying to share thoughts and bring some people who are, uh, in my case, anyways, much smarter than me on. We're going to have some amazing people in this coming week that are friends of Corey's um, that can speak to to some of the the some of the more scientific aspects of what we're going through. Um, we're going to have some meditation experts on, and of course, we're going to have a lot of the people from the Rome Universe. Uh, we mentioned JC, um, <laughs> Jimmy Chin. We, we will have Jimmy on at some point. We'll have Mike Horn on and Sasha and Keith and Andy Mann. And, um, you know, all of these folks are, are in our lineup and we're excited to talk to them about how they are, um, how they are coping and how they are uh, approaching this very unprecedented time and in, in uh, all of our experience. So thanks so much, Corey, for the for the time and uh, look forward to um, the next conversation. Sounds good, man. See you in a bit. Peace.